Hello, and welcome to Fortune's Wheelhouse, a podcast about esoterics and the tarot. I'm Susie Chang, and my co-host is Mel Moline. We have gone on an epic journey through the symbolism of the 78 cards of the tarot deck, and in this season, we are applying esoteric filters to the deck, examining it through a variety of astrological, cabalistic, numeric, and other lenses. This week, we're continuing our 10-part series on number, which will allow us to look at the many roles that number plays in tarot, whether in the 1 through 10 numeric minors, or in the numbered major arcana, or even in the court cards, which, believe it or not, also each have number correspondences. Focusing on number will also allow us to have a closer look at the 10 sephirot of the Tree of Life, which is good because Kabbalah is probably one of the more challenging esoteric subjects we tackle on this podcast, and we could all use a bit more time to wrangle some of its subtleties. And remember, if you're diving in at random and one of us says something inscrutable, we do have lots of resources to help with that on our website, www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse, where you can sign up and get access to all of that content for as little as a dollar. There are also a couple of other places where you can check in with us online. You can visit Mel at tabulamundi.com, and you can visit me at tsusanchang.com. You can also join over 450 smart, nice, and most importantly, like-minded friends at the Fortune's Wheelhouse Academy group on Facebook. As you know, each episode, we have a giveaway. Last week, our prize for the third of our numeric episodes went to Joel from New Jersey, Congratulations, Joel. This week, we're talking about the very square number four. So for this week's giveaway, we're offering our winner the four-sided item of their choice from our Fortune's Wheelhouse Red Bubble Store. For example, the snazzy Fortune's Wheelhouse Notebook for all your esoteric musings, or the soft four-sided Fortune's Wheelhouse Pillow for when you're tired from thinking all your esoteric thoughts. You can, of course, buy any of our merchandise at www.redbubble.com slash people slash wheelhouse93 slash shop. And now, here's this week's episode. Hi, everybody. We are back, and we are here to discuss number four. This episode brought to you by the number four and the planet Jupiter. (laughs) So we're going to be talking about the number four, which means no court cards this time. We're going to be talking about the four minors of tarot, four of wands, cups, swords, and pentacles or discs. Otherwise known as the Lords of Completion, a Luxury, Truce, and Power. There are alternate names, however. For all of them. For all of them. Okay, so let's do that again. So the Lords of Completion or Perfected, perfected work. work. The Four of Cups is Luxury. Or Blended Pleasure. Four of Swords is Truce. Or Rest from Strife. And the Four of Pentacles or Discs is Power or... Earthly Power. Earthly Power. 
Right. Thank you for supplying those. I forgot to write them down. And I we are also going to be talking about majors, of course, which means, of course, the emperor number from the big four, big red, <laughs> and other one, of course, by, would by be reduction. by reduction would be number thirteen, the death card. The card without name. <laughs> and also, possibly, weirdly, I don't know if it counts or not, the fool. I was going to say, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's a stretch. You could, because it certainly has been 22 in the past. Yeah. Even though it's not. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's yeah. sort of there. It's sort worth of, mentioning the yeah, way we mentioned exactly. him in the first one. It's worth mentioning as a potential reduction if it's 22. Right. We do have 22 majors. so And if there is a 22, it would have to be the fool. All right. And uh, then the majors by Sephira, we are talking about all of those that connect to Chesed. There are four of those, coincidentally enough. We have the Hierophant, we have Luster Strength, we have the Hermit, and we have Fortune or the Wheel of Fortune. Okay, so shall we talk about some ideas of four? Ideas of four, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's the uh, Naples arrangement, the point defined by three coordinates, otherwise known as matter. Yes, matter. Matter. We got to matter. Yes. We're below <laughs> the abyss. We exist. Thank Finally. God. <laughs> Thank Jupiter. We talked about one, two, three, four as point, line, plane, and now we have solid. Yeah. And four is interesting because it's the first number we've talked about that is not a prime. It's the first born thing in the sense it's the first product. So it's the product or a born thing because it's um, procreated from two. Mm -hmm. So either two plus two or two times two. Even times even, even plus even. And that brings in the connection that it has, which we'll surely talk about when we get to Kabbalah with Hokmah. Yeah, absolutely. So we can talk a little bit about some of the ideas that go with four. It's a, it's definitely, as we talked about in the last one, it is a, an idea of completeness, but a completeness that is stable, that doesn't have to yep. go anywhere. The first solid form, so that has not only height and breadth or weight, but depth and time as well. Commonly represented in spatial geometry as the tetrahedon. Tetrahedron. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the tetrahedonistic. <laughs> tetrahedron. tetrahedron. <laughs> nice. Jupiter for you. He's a tetrahedon. That's for, he's a <clears throat> tetrahedonist. <laughs> and then there's the tetractus, of course, mm -hmm. which is really important. That ties into the mystic number of four, which is 10. So one plus two plus three plus four equals 10, which brings in the whole idea of matter, Malkuth, the four elements and the four seasons and the four directions and the quarters and the solstices and equinoxes that quarter of the year and uh, mm -hmm. all things matter are made of. Yeah, pretty much anything that comes in four. Matter <laughs> itself is made out of four particles, mm -hmm. electrons, protons, neutrons, and neutrinos. Hmm. And uh, just to circle back to the tetractus, um, for those of you who are not familiar with what it looks like, it looks like one point stacked over two points, stacked over three points, stacked over four points. So a triangle made of dots. Crowley referred to the four and the tetractus as being a sort of dead end when he's talking about the fours. Mm-hmm. 
So one of the names for four the, is the uh, Tetragrammaton, or the fourfold division of God, the yod heh vav But he says it's four is a dead end because it's before there was any discovery of the revolving formula of the Tetragrammaton where it, it becomes cyclic and renewable. Mm. Um, mm. And also because he says it... it brings in the idea of the mystic number 10 with the tetractus because of and the 10 as being again just like in the bina episode with saturn the 10 as the idea of limitation and restriction of saturn and the material world and the universe and also um he mentions that there's no magic square of four squares and that's another reason it's kind of like a dead-end number Yes, I think he calls the um, Four of Cups a dead stop or blind alley. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which seems incredibly negative, and yet it makes sense. Yet there is a magic square for Jupiter, which is in not, it doesn't have four squares, but it's an order four square, so it's a four by four grid of mm-hmm. squares. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But there is not one of four squares. In in tarot, we're going to see we we see the four playing out in many ways as well. Um, in the four cherubic beasts show up right. a lot, which again brings in Malkut, you know, the mm-hmm. Tetramorphs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not it's, only are there four beasts, but each of them is made of four creatures. In a exactly. Sense, right? so, yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. recursively so tetratic, just, <laughs> just like the square of Jupiter. It's four by four. We have, of course, constant references to elements. We have cube of matter references. Right. Everything that can be divided in four: the directions, the seasons, oh, the four stages of life: uh, infancy, childhood, adulthood, and elderliness. I saw something really interesting in Iamblichus, which was. The four mathematical sciences, which are arithmetic, music, geometry, and astronomy. And what's really interesting about it was that they kind of divide it up into two sets of two, in a way. So um, arithmetic is described as the science of quantity, but quantity which is static. Yeah, and then music is the idea of quantity that is in motion, um, orderly change. That's the idea of rhythm and of the duration right. of music. Octaves and all exactly. those divisions. Yeah, yeah, and the way it plays out through time. And then geometry is the science of static size, so size that is you know measurable and fixed. But astronomy is the science of size in motion, you know, the mm-hmm. stars in their courses moving through the heavens. So it was kind of an interesting <clears throat> way to conceive of it. Quantity versus size, static versus movement. Hmm. Also, did you know that the number four was said to be a number of Heracles? Hercules. Ah, yes. Yeah, because... Interesting. Yeah, his strength and steadiness were said to be derived from the number four. And we don't know whether it was like he had a birthday that was related to four in some way, but... And he, his famous 12 labors are... A Three times multiple four. of four. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was often depicted in kind of a four square way, like on a pediment that's cubic kind of a thing. The number four, Iamblichus describes as a, a stability which binds everything in a pyramidal manner. Like a pyramid. <laughs> like a pyramid? <laughs> like a pyramid. Or like a parameter. I didn't... Oh, no. Uh, like a pyramid. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. 
besides these ideas of completion that we've talked about, we also get ideas of equality and harmony and justice because of the twos you were mentioning. Yeah, the idea of four as being law. Reason, law, order, fair mm-hmm. and square. Yeah, because you know? <laughs> every side's the same. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> There's a way in which you can calculate where the area equals the perimeter. There's uh, a famous uh, story about something about that. Which philosopher was it? But he gives he gives a test to a, a slave boy or something, saying, "Oh, I challenge you know, I test you to see if you can double the area of this square." And he says, "Well, that's easy." And he, you know, it's he's got a one inch square, and he just makes it two inches on all the sides. Yeah. He says, "No, no, now that's four times as much." Yeah. Not one time <laughs> as much. So what the secret of doing it is is once you have that four times as much, is to draw diagonals in each square and get the that diamond uh, yes, out the, diagonal the middle. One. That yeah. is that is twice as much rather than four times as much. So that's how you do it. Yeah, right? that reminds me of something you were saying about squaring the circle a while ago. Yeah, yeah. We also have ideas of uh, of abundance and source, you know, in the sense that, as we like to say, Chesed is the Keter of the lower Sephirot. Right, it's the first, if you don't count Dath, it's mm-hmm. the first Sephira under the abyss. Right, so in a sense, it's the, the source of all things that we as humans can conceptualize with our puny brains, because everything above it is ineffable. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about, did you watch Neil Gaiman's uh, Good Omens? On... No, but I read the book a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, that just came out as a series. And Aziraphale, the angel, is always just saying, you know, the plan is ineffable. And <laughs> there's just like a pause where everyone's like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> which is which perfect, self-referential. Right, right, which is perfect. <laughs> yes. I don't know if we want to go into correspondences sure. at this point. Um, I do want to mention Chesed is, oh, and I don't even know if we've mentioned the translation of Chesed as mercy, right? Right, which is cool because it's the middle of the middle. I mean, it's the middle of the pillar of mercy, the middle sephira of the pillar of mercy. Yes, yes, it's right there in the middle. And actually, if you know about the movement of Hasidism, the Hasidic Jews, they take their name from the idea of chesed. It is the idea of striving to embody chesed, that goodness, kindness, mercy. Mm-hmm. Cool. It is cool. So yeah, some correspondences we can do. We've got the god name El or Al. Oh, yeah. Which is really mm-hmm. interesting. Uh Law, power, might. Right. So uh, Thelemites will know the book of the law, Liber Alvel Legis, which is literally the law of Thelema. Mm -hmm. Um, Al or El as Aleph Lamed, which we've talked about in prior episodes, but the ox and the ox code, the the beginnings and the potential. um, And I also saw Aleph and Lamed described as the winged disc, because I guess one of the symbols is Lamed is a wing, and um, Aleph obviously can be a zero or a a disc. I hadn't thought of that. The winged disc is often used as a symbol of divinity and godhead and all that stuff. So um, I thought that was kind of interesting, the winged disc as as a um, form of El or Al. Right. And we've got the uh, Demiurge and the Logos, the lesser creator of Genesis, kind of like the lower version of Hokmah. And that's where it kind of gets in. So four is 
been created from two, either two times two or mm-hmm. two plus two or two squared or however you want to do it. It's a it's a product or a four has been begotten from two, just as Hesed has been begotten from Hokmah through Bina, of course, but also directly on the pillar. Hesed is also associated with Abraham, the patriarch. So Abraham is Hesed and then Isaac is Gevura and Jacob is Tiferet. And the idea there is that Abraham, of course, what everyone remembers about Abraham was that he loved God so much. There was no limit to his love for God. (laughs) Hence the stories that come to us about Abraham. Plus, he lived a really just ridiculous long life. Yeah, great. <laughs> then there's uh, back to the, the idea of Hokma and Hesed's connection and to enforce connection, the god Zeus. Mm-hmm. So Zeus as the all-father belongs mm. in Hokma, but Zeus as the king of the gods and men belongs in Hesed. Yeah. So the, there's like a mm-hmm. connection through Jupiter, Zeus, where Zeus belongs to both, in, but in different manifestations of Zeus. Yeah, I think particularly when we talk about paternal gods in Hesed, we're talking about father figures as opposed mm-hmm. to like, you know, creator type right. gods, which are more Keter. Right. They're supposed to be kind, loving father figures and kindly shepherds. And very fertile. Uh, yeah, yeah well, that, that goes that without more, saying. That would also be... Um, <laughs> and Hokma, too. Hokma yeah, is yeah. Zeus the All-Father. <laughs> yeah, Pangenitor. <laughs> yes. So some of the names besides Mercy that we've already mentioned are the Tetragrammaton, Yod-Heh-Vav-Heh, mm-hmm. Jedula. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean Gedula. <laughs> yeah, you can never say that word. Well, the reason why it's Gedula is because it's, I, I think, I have not been able to find this for sure, but I think it's cognate with Gedol, which just means big. So Gadula is greatness. The big J. The big J. Exactly. So when you do your lesser banishing ritual, you know, instead of saying v'chesed v'gevura, you say mm-hmm. v'gadula yeah, yeah. v'gebura. Yeah, yes. But it means the same thing. Right. The power and the glory. The power and Unto the glory. Unto the ages. Yeah. And I think it's actually really, that raises a good point, which is that the... Uh, Hesed and Gevura are thought of as the right and left arms of God. Yes, exactly. So, you know, whereas the right hand, Hesed, gives and gives and gives, the left hand, Gevura, restrains. Takes. It takes, but it's more like it's correct. Yeah, it it keeps keeps the flow from overwhelming you. Yep. Is a better way to... And you can't really talk about Hesed without talking a little bit about Gevura because they're relative to each other. They are across from each other in kind of opposites in a way. You know, there there have to be vegetables to go with the ice cream. <laughs> there has to be a sense of challenge in order for you to grow. And that's Givora. The other thing is that like, you know, that's why Chesed and Fours in general are so stable almost to the point of stagnation, because they need nothing else. I saw it described in terms of the magical image and the contrast. So mm-hmm. Hesed is a king on his throne. Yes. I was and Geborah is a king on his chariot. Right. So one right. is a lawgiver in and times of peace and the other is a warrior in times of war. <laughs> and you need both. Yes. That's right. Where's that from? I found that too and I thought it was really I great. don't know. It must have been Crowley or something. It could have been, it could have been Gareth Knight, it could have been John Bonner, it could have mm. been Dion Fortune, I, I don't I think it's know. Dion Fortune, because I read the exact same quote, and that's, we both have that book. Anyway, it is really interesting, this idea that you have, you know, law for times of peace, 
and war for times of conflict. Mm -hmm. And you need leadership in both, but it's of a different kind. Leadership, of course, being another concept that we see associated with four throughout tarot. Mm -hmm. So we can do the virtue in the yeah, vice. Yeah, we should do that. So the virtue is obedience. And, well, you can think of that in the simple terms of, you know, oh, being the king or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's also alignment with will. Yes. So uh, Hokma is being will, Hesed is being alignment with that will. Yeah, this is a really interesting idea of obedience because it's not just blind following, right? To me, this is obedience as in service, like a public servant is usually a leader, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. You know, someone who is serving something but in a much greater and sense. someone that is a benevolent ruler is usually adhering to certain laws and... Yes, they're and defined they, by their ability uh, and willingness to follow the law. Yes, <laughs> they are. Uh, the vice. <laughs> it's like, like paragraphs of things that are not being said here. <laughs> the air is thick. The vice are all the vices of those in authority. <laughs> Bigotry, hypocrisy, gluttony, and tyranny. No. <laughs> oh God! Enough said. Enough said. It's 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 really interesting to conceive of the four as like this, you know, this orderly way of approaching the world that is a virtue in itself. I mean, it's sort of like when we when we think of government, we think of it as this faceless entity, but at the same time, it's it's an organization that we all live within and follow and. That, that structure provides at some level. The vision of love. Yeah, that's that's cool. You know, yeah. uh, it, the connection with law there, you know, love is yeah. the law, love under will, the yeah. vision of love. Liber al veligis, you know, that whole um, thing, the, the will, obedient to the will of spirit. Yeah, yeah, that makes me real think about Jupiter as, because of course Jupiter is associated with chesed, as a... God of compassion, you know, mm -hmm. a lawgiver, a God of compassion. And in a sense, law is nothing but kind of compassion writ large. And that ties into the archangel, mm -hmm. uh, Zadkiel, who was the Prince of Mercy. Yes, Zadkiel is cognate with Tzadik, which means the righteous one. Mm -hmm. It sounds who, a lot like yeah. Zadi. Yes, it does. I think they are related. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, do you right. I think, angels it, I think actually in seven 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 it actually has Zadok listed in uh, in one of the columns of the, under Jupiter and mm -hmm. uh, four mm -hmm. and it uh, does yeah yeah righteousness yeah, yeah. and law justice the idea of but also four as the idea of Venus Dalit love mm -hmm. so love mm -hmm. and law again go hand in hand right yeah. and then the angels okay uh, the angels. I probably won't say this one right, but Chasmalim? <laughs> um, Chasmalim, probably. Chasmalim? Yeah. Yeah, you gotta yeah, add I some. I forgot to write that. Gotta add some throatiness to it. Chasmalim. <laughs> right. Brilliant ones, the Order of Dominions. Mm hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, we have the Archdemon Ashtaroth. Ah, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Is that Ashtaroth? Is, isn't Ashtaroth a form of Ishtar? Sounds very familiar. I think so. I think there's yeah. a connection anyway. Yeah. So a lot of the time what happens in Christian Kabbalah anyway, or Hermetic Kabbalah too, is that the demons are merely gods that have been sort of literally demonized, you know, so they 
are used to supply a spirit entity with kind of a darker cast. One of the things that I think people get a little bit frustrated with, which is that why are you appropriating our gods and making them evil? (laughs) But it is just another system of looking at them. And I think a better way to think of that maybe is to look at these systems of archangels and archdemons and kind of recognize them as not necessarily representatives of pure good or pure evil, but of light and shadow. Right. Two sides of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Each has their place. Wand and scepter time. <laughs> yeah, so those are the magical weapons, the orb, the wand, the scepter, the crook, as in the bishop's crook or yeah. the shepherd's crook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the equal-armed cross, which brings in, again, the elements of matter. Uh, the magical formula is the tetragrammaton. Right. Right. Again, makes you think of the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram. Yeah, and it does make you think about how, you know, so many of our rituals are based on four, because, you know, the purpose of that in ritual is to orient, orient yourself. Orient yourself with the four directions and the, the elements, yeah. Yeah, and to say, essentially, I am a creature of this world, I belong I in this world. You know, I have a place and I deserve to be listened to in this world. protected on all sides. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's a real statement. And that's why I wear the the equal armed cross. It's basically a way of just saying I belong. You are here. You are here. Then there's the uh, Buddhist meditation, which is friendliness. That seems to go pretty well with Jupiter. Yeah. The the greater benefic. But there's always a but. You know, the the fourfold shape, the square... As with the triangle, we had the trine. With the mm-hmm. square, we have mm-hmm. the grand square. Yeah, that's in, interesting. In astrology, isn't it? which is sort of um, a form of friction, I guess you would say. Yes, yes, and I think you know it's interesting to think about squares in astrology because they are you know signs that have something in common. They share their mm-hmm. mode. All cardinals are square to all other cardinals. Right. All fixed are all yes. are square, and all mutables are square to all other mutables. So, in a sense, there is nothing there to change. Yeah, you know, there's easy flow between elements, but confrontation. Although some of the mm-hmm. them would be opposed to each other rather than square yes. to each other. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Hard aspects. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Then we have, for other correspondences, for gods, we've already mentioned Zeus in the form of king of gods and men, Amun, mm-hmm. uh, the Egyptian kind of equivalent to Zeus, I guess, uh, Poseidon, Wotan, Indra, mm-hmm. Brahma, and Rainmakers. <laughs> yeah. I guess as Rainmakers yeah. as being kind of benevolent, especially mm-hmm. in a farming society where you need rain. <laughs> yeah, and I think these ideas of abundance really tell you something, and the fact that it's tied in with goodness, mercy, justice, fairness, tells you something about the way we think as humans, right? Because to us, uh, the problem is scarcity, right? We're very, very afraid of there not being enough. And the best thing we can think of in all the world, our concept of goodness and God, is there being more than enough. (laughs) Oh, that reminds me, speaking of Jupiter, take some frozen lamb with you home. (laughs) Still got so much lamb off. Awesome. (laughs) Okay, more correspondences. Stones, amethyst, and sapphire. Which kind of ties into the colors because the colors mm-hmm. are also blues and purples. All the um, 
the uh, colors of royalty, I guess, of kingship. Deep violet, blue, deep purple, and then deep azure flecked yellow. Yes, yes, which you can see on the Wheel of Fortune cards mm -hmm. in, uh, in your deck and in Thoth very clearly. And all blue stones essentially... Yes, are therefore associated with Jupiter, with Jupiter, as well as the lightning uh, ones like fulgurite. Yeah, yeah, cool. I like fulgurite, and yeah. I and the other one that I kind of associate with it because it's formed by lightning is that Libyan desert glass. What's that? Really? It's when when lightning strikes the sand of the desert and it melts it into and it makes this really beautiful pale yellow. Um, That's cool. Kind of molten glass stone. It's very expensive and really cool. <laughs> yeah, I've not I've not run across that. So uh, Jupiter, we also have large things like oaks and uh, large animals like elephants and cedar. Mm -hmm. And I also saw for plants, olive, I guess, because of the abundance and the mm -hmm. generosity of, you know, the olive mm -hmm. tree and shamrock, which is kind of a fourfold thing that brings yeah. luck, which is kind of like Jupiterian. All domesticated animals because they're meek and mild. In 777, the animal listed is unicorn, which I thought Whoa. was really interesting. That's different. Yeah. I'm not sure... How they get that? I'd have to give that some thought. Um, and for Jupiter, also we have always spices, mm -hmm. yeah. lots of spices, all yeah. the warm spices. And I, I assume that that came to be because they were so expensive. And things that horses like, like apples and oats. Yeah, oh, I guess that's how unicorn ties oh, in the yeah. horse. Mm -hmm. You know, the centaur, yeah. the horse, the um, Sagittarius aspect of Jupiter. I, I right. guess. I guess this, the unicorn could fit because in a way, it's sort of both Sagittarian and Piscean. In a way. Yeah, it is. You can see that, That's right? That's true. Yeah. Oh, and I have a I have a, a wormhole for us, mm -hmm. sort of. <laughs> so in the last episode, remember when we brought up the uh, genethliac values of yes. planet's table in yeah. 777? Well, for uh, the Jupiter line, it says the higher love, which makes sense. We've already talked about, you know, it has the vision of love and the connection mm -hmm. with four and Dalit and da-da-da-da-da. But then it says after it, Wesson Schond of Krauss. Do you know anything about Wesson Schond of Krauss? I see. Uh, German-looking uh, words. Uh, something to do with knowledge. It's Wesenschound of Krause. I don't know. I can look it up. Oh, well, here's the interesting <laughs> thing. When you type uh -huh. Wesenschound of Krause into the computer, you're uh -huh. not going to get anywhere. Speaking of self-referential, you're going to get just references back to Crowley and 777. No kidding. And it's just like... You don't really find it. Um, yeah. But it was findable eventually because I knew just from the sound of it that he had to be talking about some German philosopher whose last name was Krauss, which is an unfortunately yeah. common German last name. Yeah. But it's uh, <laughs> Karl Krauss. Mm -hmm. When you type in German philosopher Krauss, you get Karl Krauss. And if you pull up the wiki page for Karl Krauss, mm -hmm. uh, Karl Christian Frederick Krauss, mm -hmm. uh, 1781, 1827, was one of the philosophers of identity. And when you read through that page, but if you go and read that wiki page, it's going to mention eventually Vezin, which is an all-inclusive essence 
Mm. that permeates the universe within so itself. So it says, uh, so this guy, Krauss, endeavored to reconcile the ideas of a god known by faith or conscience and the world known to, with the world known to senses. God known by or as conscience is not a personality that implies some sort of limitation, but an all-inclusive essence or vezin, which mm-hmm. contains mm-hmm. the universe within itself. And so he made this religion or philosophy called panentheism as opposed to monotheism or pantheism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. the theory of the world and humanity as universal where the divine pervades every part of the universe, but unlike uh, pantheism, God is greater than the, still greater than the universe or somehow separate, even though all is God God contains the universe or mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, God is within it. All, yeah. everything. all is God, all mm-hmm. is one, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So so then I'm thinking about this word Vesenschund, uh, right? And I'm mm-hmm. like, so if if Wesen Vezin is all inclusive essence. Mm-hmm. I tried putting that into Google Translate, mm-hmm. and it says Vezin is being. I'm like, okay, okay. Oh, but but you Shund. Shunda, yeah. Shund finally figured it out through another term mm-hmm. that I just happened to found by accident, where I found a German phrase called something like, I don't know how you pronounce it, Nugirig, N-E-U-G-I-E-R-I-G, Nugirig Shund. And that means someone who's nosy. Like, it's mm-hmm. a phrase meaning someone who doesn't mind their own business because they're nosy. Hmm. And the, but but it, but when in the breakdown of whatever this page I was looking at said that the first word, however you pronounce it, means nosy Neugeri. or like that, yeah. and shund meant looking, hmm. and that makes more sense to me. So if vezin is the all-inclusive essence and shund is looking, you're looking for the essence of God in everything, or hmm. or something, no, something, something like, like that. Something like that. I mean, that's, you know? that makes a lot of sense as a yeah. concept, the idea of looking for God within everything. But, you know, it was really interesting, mm-hmm. though, this idea that um, God is in everything in the universe, and the universe is contained in God, but not identical to God, because God still transcends creation somehow. Mm-hmm. And it made it mm-hmm. actually, to bring it back to something sort of relevant, it um, it reminds me of this idea of Hesed as being this uh, beneath the abyss, mm-hmm. but thinking it's God, but mm-hmm. still connected to mm-hmm. tra- God that transcends everything that's above the abyss. Yeah. Or something mm-hmm. like that. That's interesting. Um, actually, the, the concept that comes to mind to me with, uh, with Chesed in a German context is the concept of Gerechtigkeit. You know, it means righteousness and justice and that idea that everything is equally measured, which is interesting because you would almost expect mm, that to... That makes sense kind of have to do more with the justice concept right. in tarot. But again, I think it has to do with this idea that <laughs> as humans, we only seem to be able to achieve righteousness when there's more than enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sad but true. Okay. Um, Want to look at cards? Okay. Sounds good to me. Let's look at cards. All right. So uh, I think we were going to do majors first. Yeah, so by number, we talked about... Uh, the four being related to the emperor, the death, the death, <laughs> the emperor, <laughs> the 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 emperor, death, and maybe the fool. 
You know, I was thinking about what do these have in common, particularly the emperor and death. First of all, they're both martial, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, Aries and Scorpio, the two signs. But I think what might be more relevant in terms of Chesed or number four is these qualities of leadership, of being indomitable, of, Mm. you know, not being answerable in some way. Indefeatable. Yeah, yeah. The buck stops here. You know, they're bosses, bosses of life and death. The fool, too, in a sense, in... Mm -hmm. You know, it's unanswerable because it's the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny that it turned out to be both of them related to Mars. It is, yeah. It kind of makes you realize that Chesed is nothing without Kivora. Exactly, yeah. It goes hand in hand. Yeah. Literally, right? Left hand and right hand or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a bit of a divergence, really. But but if you think about the five, which we'll get to next time, you know, the five is the number of the Hierophant, which is connected to Chesed. Chesed, and the 14, which is Sagittarius, which is of Jupiter. So there's like mm. these interconnections yep. between the two. But uh, but speaking of the Hierophant, those majors which are connected to Chesed, we have four of them. We have uh, the Hierophant, uh, Strength or Lust, the Hermit, and the Wheel of Fortune. It's interesting to think about what those all have in common. To me, they all kind of tie into this idea of benevolence representing limitless love yeah yes in some form or right, another the hierophant as sort of like a bishop with his crook kind of shepherding the yeah people yeah there's thing. like a you know that that transfer from chakma to chesed to me reflects what we see in the hierophant the like apostolic transfer of divine love from the godhead to the father <laughs> I know I say that with great unenthusiasm. It's so patriarchal. But, but you know, but to me, that's like, you were saying something before about conscience. And to me, the Hierophant is an embodiment mm. of conscience, right? Yeah. The I idea of the of the, the moral force of God being contained in the humans somehow or transferred. Yeah. And that path mm-hmm. between Hokmah and Hesed, you know, the, the idea of conscience being a form of true will mm-hmm. you know in mm-hmm. that connection with hokma and true will and hesed is a more uh mundane will yeah 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 yeah. that makes sense some more mundane will um, right. in the the hierophant mm-hmm. in that position of sort of the holy guardian angel mm-hmm. kind of. and then we have the powerful path of luster strength between hesed and gevora which is interesting to think about when you think of concepts of limitless love applied you know combined and and joined with the fiery severity of givora you know you can think of perhaps of the kundalini force rising you know mm-hmm. that seems like something that's very much of the nature of mm-hmm. lust but also i think if you think of the you know hesed and givora you can also think of on the strength side love of it love and war love and war and courage i mean cur- what is courage but a form of love in the face of hardship yeah you know yep Se- seeking within oneself that feeling of benevolence even when it's being tested by givora these four paths too have something in common in that if you just look at their correspondences so mm-hmm. hierophant taurus hermit virgo wheel mm. jupiter lust leo they're all earthly and kingly mm. like there's two one earthly, or the other two earthly and two king <laughs> two kingly yeah you know, got jupiter and, and yeah. leo and taurus and virgo it's kind of i thought that was interesting yeah like heaven and earth kind of going on there uh. and then the hermit one is uh, it reminds me, since it's that father to son connection, mm-hmm. 
you know, of the sacrifice of the sun and the journey through the darkness that the hermit represents um, in order to um, some something about that divine love needs to be placed in mortal form, you know, sacrificed, redeemed in order for us to receive it. <laughs> and then the Wheel of Fortune, I think, is again a, a, a like Jupiter. a yeah, a re- that is the Jupiter one, and it's a representation, I think, of that idea that to us having enough and more than enough is good fortune. Yeah, you know, that's yep. the transfer of. Like God shows us his love for us by making sure we have lots, <laughs> lots yeah, of everything. And look, at, look at the path between the greater and the lesser benefits. Exactly. There, right? Yeah. Between Hesed and Nitzak. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. If any any path on the tree was bound to be an easy one, more it than would enough. be that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Right. It would have to be that one. Yeah. If you look in um, the back of seven seven seven, and I think also in the back of the book of Thoth, it lists some you know correspondences with the Hebrew letters, and this has to be your vision of the seven 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 because the original one in nineteen twelve was before Book of Thoth and his realization about emperor and. Sadi is not the star, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because it says in 777, it must have been revised because under Zadi, it says uh, the husband, alchemical sulfur. But then it says the star is the gate of sanctuary, which is mm. interesting. That's interesting. Um, so it's kind of both. In yeah. A way, there. Yeah. Um, and it puts Zadi in the vital triad. It's got a section of vital triads, and it puts it in the vital triad of the three demiurges, which it puts in there. Jupiter, uh, the wheel as Jupiter, the all father, the three in one, it says, Mm -hmm. which I think, I mean, it could be father, son, holy ghost. But when I think of Jupiter in the three in one, I think of uh, Jupiter was said to be three in one. There's a saying that I think that it was attributed to the oracle at Delphi that said, Jupiter, three godheads in one god. And it was talking about mm-hmm. J- Jupiter and his brothers all being really one god. Like, yeah. It said Zeus, yeah. Hades, D- Hades slash Dionysus and Poseidon, three gods in one godhead. And you sometimes mm. see that in um, the god uh, Serapis, which mm-hmm. is sort of like a combination of Zeus and Hades and Poseidon all wrapped yeah. up into one one yeah. one dude there. So anyway, <laughs> cool. so in this in this vital triad mm-hmm. of the demiurges it gives the wheel, the emperor and the hierophant as the mm. three uh demiurges. So the emperor it says ruler mm-hmm. and the hierophant it says son and priest. Hmm. That's interesting. So yeah, yeah I thought yeah. that was interesting. So the all father, the ruler and the son slash priest. Yeah, these demiurge figures are curious. I mean, it's almost like, you know, and this is part of the nature of Hesed itself. We can't quite stand to be too close to the divinity, you know? So there has to be a figure in between that mediates it in some way. Yep. Um, Miners? Miners. Miners. The last or mutable, you could say, Deccan. They're not mutable signs, they're cardinal yeah. signs, but it's the last decan of cardinal signs, so it's where the energy is getting ready to shift. Yeah, and it's interesting because it's the it's always the first um, decan of a prince's mm-hmm. domain, prince or right away, Smith Knight. So in a sense, they're trying to, you know, they they 
they know this sense of stagnation. Yes. The last decan yeah. of a sign is always the first decan of a court. That's true. So in the sense that it's their shadow, it's where they fall in points of weakness, but it's in a sense something that they're overly familiar with. Yes. Why are princes on the move? Because they're leaving fours. <laughs> leaving stability. Yeah. But, but they're headed for even the greater stability of Tiferet. Exactly. Exactly. The more earth earthbound or the more... Um, the more balanced. The more accessible yeah, and yes, balanced. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The difference between... I was kind of looking at the differences between the Rider-Waite-Smith fours and the Thoth fours. And what I see in the Rider-Waite-Smith uh, ones is that uh, idea of having more than enough over and over and over, like gathering all these resources in one place. And like the Four of Wands, the Lord of Completion, you don't get that sense of celebration and rest and enjoyment without having an abundance of resources. Otherwise, we're, you know, you get your striving or your, you know, or your suffering or in some way. But there's something about it, too, that's very ritualistic. I think, um, all fours in general. Mm -hmm. I mean, the idea, you know, because that's our connection to that which is beyond us. Mm -hmm. And so... The fourfold nature of things. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And the the four of wands in particular feels to me like the bestowing of a blessing in some way, because Mm -hmm. it's got that quality of Marshall and Venal, (laughs) Marshall and Venusian qualities of like the balance of the two. (laughs) Well, that used to be an okay thing to say. (laughs) Not so much now. But on the Thoth side, I noticed that the cards seem to emphasize more the stability of it. You know, when you look at that wheel of, you know, of... yeah. But also the wheel is turning. But yeah, there is something like very with the balance of Venus and Mars symbols in it. Um, yeah, there's it's complete in that sense. It's like so love and will, love mm-hmm. and the the the, mm-hmm. the four being the the spirit world or archetypal world. Mm-hmm. I guess you would call the four of wands like the purest four, where the law part of four is perfected it is perfected work right right the, perfected the name work of the, the name of the card so it's kind of like the clue is in the name <laughs> right so it's kind of like you know the venus and mars kind of the balance that it has is uh love and will in kind of a perfect connection yeah and then the fours of cups you the know, emo four the emo four <laughs> yeah this is the one that it's interesting because even though I think ideas of stability are inherent in the four, this is the one Crowley says is not so stable, um, I guess because it's cups. Yeah. The I one guess. he calls a dead stop, a blind alley, um, the idea that you must move on from it. I often use the keyword gathering with the Rider-Waite-Smith cards, and this is like the gathering of emotions, you know, gathering your your composure. But luxury itself has that feeling of having enough, but also having more than enough. Right. You know, in both cards, I think we see that sense of jadedness or world weariness or Mm -hmm. fullness, almost queasiness. And then with the four of swords, you gather your thoughts. And that's the, like, just like the three of swords was most significant of the threes because it was the Saturn ruled Deccan in the Saturn ruled Sephira. Mm, Here we have the Jupiter ruled 
Sephira and the Jupiter ruled Deccan in the same card. So again, the swords one is kind of the vital one of the uh, four. Yeah, and in both cards, I think there's a real sense of the strength of Chesed, you know? I mean, Crowley likes to describe this as a strong man armed. So, and something similar is going on with, I think, the Rider Wade Smith Four of Swords, where you have someone who is a military person, a soldier, a knight, who is taking a moment to find peace for his mind. Yeah, I guess that in the world of swords, you know, once you get below the abyss, it's swords are kind of, you know, strifey. But, <laughs> They're so, so, That's so, funny. <laughs> so even with uh, double Jupiter here, you mm-hmm. know, the best you get is a truce or some rest. Yeah. From it all. Yeah, from, rest from, from strife. The, from, yeah, rest yeah. from strife. Yeah, which is really interesting as a term because it assumes you're going kind of up the tree from the strife of five. Yeah, and maybe you are in, yeah. in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. path working. Yeah, in path working you might be. To me also, the four of swords definitely has that quality of like there being enough space in your mind mm-hmm. like in meditation yeah you know? it's definitely a meditative uh, yeah quality of which makes a lot more sense i mean when you sit down to meditate it feels like going from five to four <laughs> you know, not like from three to four exactly yeah. you know uh and then uh four of discs this is so interesting because it's like the money in the bank all the material resources gathered in one place this is interesting because having it all but being afraid there's still not enough kind yeah, of thing or, yeah. or hoarding it in the bank and yeah yeah and that being kind of the motivation for the formation of law and constitution you know to make sure that everybody's property is safe mm. <laughs> you know it brings in that vice of gluttony you know and with power yeah and it also brings in that connection of the four of discs with the ten you know that connection of four Mm -hmm. and ten where you know in the four you're kind of uh holding on to all that money and putting it in the bank but in the ten you've accumulated so much that it's meaningless unless you do something with it right at a certain point when you accumulate enough wealth the immediate impulse is to save it. <laughs> at some point, when you get to the six, it, you're going to a, at some make point it just hoarding it. It's yeah. just an object, and it no longer has any meaning. Right, and where it gets meaning is what you can do with it. Think that Crowley calls this the power which dominates and stabilizes everything. Sounds possible. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I know he said something about you know being law and order maintained with vigilance. One thing I always like to look at since uh, on the four of pentacles in Rider Wade Smith is the idea that if you look at the four pentacles on this king, if you turn it upside down, that's the bottom of the tree of life. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. the Malkut idea that Dan, matter is yeah. above anything. Yeah. You know, Malkut on the crown. Mm-hmm. Shall we wrap her up? Okay. That seemed fast. It was faster than the three. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but we had courts for that, and we don't that's have courts true. for this one. That's so true. That's probably why. Okay. So uh, let's go over some themes for the four. We had limitless love and stability, having enough and more than enough, uh, which is correlates with generosity and mercy. Right, the third dimension. Oh, yes, yeah, solids. Yep, mm-hmm. the builder and the framework of manifestation. Matter. Yes, matter. Mm-hmm. All matter made of four particles. We have reason, law, and order, and things being fair and square. Righteousness and evenness, equality. 
but the idea of limitation and restriction because of four's connection with ten as its mystic number. Mm-hmm. Uh, four and five is Chesed and Givor, the right and left arms of God, the idea of giving and restricting or withholding. The vision of love and the idea love is the law, love under will, and the virtue of obedience to law are <laughs> rulers and uh, the vices of those of, of, in authority. <laughs> the idea of obedience as public service versus taking everything for yourself. <laughs> the loving father and kindly shepherd. <laughs> The power and the glory. Oh, the lawgiver versus the warrior. Mm, yes, the king on his throne versus the king on his chariot. We'll have to remember that king on his chariot when we get to Givura. That's yep. interesting. Yep. The connection to, to the chariot. The magical formula of the tetragrammaton. Mm -hmm. The Buddhist meditation of friendliness. The angel Tzadkiel and the idea of righteousness. Concepts of demiurges. Did we mention the god name El? All right. And the Book of the Law? The Patriarch Abraham? Yeah, I think. All righty. Well, I think we've pretty much covered it. And um, we're probably going to take a break for a little while. We've got a book to write. So don't panic. We will be back, but probably not until in the new year. Our deadline is in mid-January. And then we'll be back with the remaining sequence of numbers. So enjoy your holidays and see you then. And that's our show for today. You can find us at www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse, where you'll also find new episode announcements and loads of extra articles and visuals, which will help you follow along with the show. If you appreciate what Mel and I have done here at fortunes wheelhouse, please consider leaving us a five-star reviewer rating on iTunes, Apple podcasts, or Google Play. And if you'd like to support the making of this podcast and gain access to all the member perks that come with that, please consider becoming a patron at any level you like by visiting www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse. You can also explore fortunes wheelhouse gear like t-shirts, tote bags, coffee mugs, and more by checking out our red bubble shop. That's it www.redbubble.com slash people slash wheelhouse 93 slash shop. Mel's beautiful books, decks, and prints can be found at tarotcart.com and my book, Tarot Cases, Astrological Perfumes, and Online Tarot Class can be found at tsusanchang.com. Treat yourself to the tarot gift you've always wanted because you are a hero of the astral plane and we so appreciate your support.